Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the Marketing Minds at Do You Convert, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you. We're here to help you and try to elevate the conversation. I'm Andrew Peak, and with me today is Jackie and Becca. Hi. How did I do? It's it's like I try to do it one breath, and I feel like I'm gonna pass out. You right did now. great. You did. Great. Yeah, good. Yeah, I Kevin. love when it's yeah. Kevin's not here this week. He's not here, so we get to party. It reminds me of all those signs where like the dealerships are like, "All right, boss is away." Oh, yeah. Blah blah blah. We're giving away cars. <laughs> I didn't they're, do. You know, they're making it up. Yes. But, yeah. Well, yeah, so yeah. Been, How are you guys doing? Good. good. It's Another been crazy, a crazy week in the books. Yeah, it's been a busy oh, week, but it's yeah. you know I'm, I'm trying to drink more water. And I decided if you have like a single bottle and whatever size it is, say a liter or two liters, as long as that's what your expectation is of like, hey, I have to finish this today, you could kind of get it done. But it's mm-hmm. when you're like, you know, it's four o'clock or whatever time and you have your day and you're like, all right, I drank all the water. Then like on your desk goes, you know, here's another liter. Go ahead and have it. And you know, I feel like a few days this week, it's been like that. We're like, oh, no, we have this new thing we have to do. Let's get it done. Spin. Yes. So that's yeah. Life. That's like, that's, okay. that's me at four o'clock, like with the water concept, like I'm chugging all the water, like the whole water bottle <laughs> at four o'clock because that day had been crazy or something well, yeah, and I'd forgotten. Right. Oh my. But that's okay. But, as long as it's not every day and, and right? every week, then that's, yeah. that's good. Agreed. Right. Yeah. Okay, well, so, let's jump into story time. Who, who wants to go first? Oh, oh, me. I'll oh, go ahead, right. Becca. Becca. Okay. Let's hear it. So today Facebook had a special glitch. I was making an ad and I put it in Target submarket and I okay. made the radius for like 35 miles mm-hmm. and I got all done with the ad set section of the Facebook ad and it said, your targeting is not allowed. I was like, hmm. Okay. Oh God, this is weird. What do you, yeah. <laughs> what is happening What's here? Going on? You just put the geography. So 35 yeah. miles, you left everything else blank because mm-hmm. that's what we do. And that's kind of what we have to do. Yep. Didn't with the change. Special ad category. Anything and, else. And that was no, it. It just still didn't work. It still didn't work. Oh my so goodness. I popped in the ad ID into the ad section because I made a page post ad. Cool. And then it still hadn't fixed itself. So I restarted my computer. And then voila. It worked. It worked perfectly. Magic. Magic. Yeah. I feel like Facebook is just rolling updates. And then like if you're caught in this weird uh like yeah. inception moment where you're like in between what's reality and, and what used to be like, it just doesn't work. And unfortunately, sometimes you'd have to restart your computer or start completely over like oh, uh, yes. a new campaign, new awfulness. So hopefully yeah, just, it wasn't too much work you had. Hearing you guys talk yeah. about Facebook and th- those random days that it'll go down. I'm telling you, I feel like from my perspective, it is Russian roulette. Every time you get on and you're on the back end doing your thing, I it's so random. Yeah, you do hear all the, but yeah, I guess it is almost every week or every other week. There's something with with Facebook. Yeah. Google yeah. doesn't, which I guess is a a good thing if we think about Google Ads versus Facebook Ads. You know, Facebook, I think, being more successful this year as far as what did the, our Facebook reps say? It was like spend share or something, um, as far as like where the budget allocation is going from Facebook or Google, mm-hmm. likely because they're innovating more and and doing more things versus Google. It's like, hey, what's happening over here? Like yeah. where are our, I guess the equivalent could be like a no keyword campaign would be the equivalent of how we're running Facebook ads, which just yeah. like your mind, just like, what do you mean? Wow. No keywords in a campaign. Yeah. But until they get to, I'm waiting on some innovation and excitement from Google ads, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And maybe then we'll see some crazy stuff happen with, with Google. 
Well, well luckily, right, it sounds like there was a quick fix, Becca. I feel like now, yeah. you know, whether it gets better than it being not approved and then you're going back and forth with things. I mean. Yeah. It's so generally pretty quick. And it's one of those unintended consequences of updating all the time, which makes the AI work better and the ads perform better. And mm-hmm. just every once in a while, we got to restart the computer and get going. <laughs> Strange. Yeah. Craziness. Jackie, yeah. do you want to go next? I know you yeah. have like a, a more fun one. I do have a fun one. I have a life lesson with mine, so we'll go last. I feel scary. like these last couple of weeks, I've been stumbling upon really fun topics or, you know, little pieces of articles during my web searches. And this one had caught my eye and made me laugh. I have to share it. But, and this is honestly, it's perfect for Halloween being right around the corner. So there is this real estate platform, relatively new called Bungalow. I've not heard of it before. I put up a link here that you sent me via Slack. Yes. And so they are a real estate, like a platform, you know, home buying, whatnot. And they're launching a new service for the month of October. They're taking the home inspection process quite literally to the next level. And they are (laughs) launching paranormal inspection reports. So this is in addition to certifying each home they sell with one of you know the standard 160 point inspection they are now offering two investigators who i know if you're into the ghost hunters and all that you ghost adventures you'd know these two people but they're going in as the investigators oh and for every home they sell they go through and complete a formalized inspection based off of what they come across while being in the house. So, and it's really entertaining because um, I think it just depends too on if you're a firm believer in this, I'm sure, you know, with a, a large group of people that are, that would worry about something like this, they are looking for unusual electrical fields, unexplained movement, uh, feelings of being watched and Oh it, it, you know, cold and hot spots. Like they bring in their meters. And this just made me think of the awesome perk of building new. I was going to say, this is like the perfect argument to buying <laughs> right? a new home. You don't have to deal with this. Although right? you, yes. I guess you could. I mean, there's also the site diedinhouse.com. Yes. If you oh. remember, I don't know when that was popular, but like I, I remember it did, it did peak at some point and when it was more viral people were talking about it but you put an address and then it gives you all this background information as well as yeah. other things related to the home and the in the area but same deal it's like you put that in there and it's like you know a new home like no one has died in this house like there's not haunted <laughs> right? there's no paranormal yes. activity like i guess unless new construction it's like the land or something itself but Ooh, that's true mm. We're not going there. No. Yeah, we're not <laughs> even going there. There's being developed on. Okay. Right? But it, it's just funny. I, I was researching the president of this company. It's because it's a startup company. This is their first big marketing push. This was their big, you know, send-off. And it got a lot of traction. I feel like coming across it, you know, it's I found it on Forbes. And, and it was very interesting because the president said this is the goal for them to make sure that every customer moving in has the confidence and certainty there with feeling safe and that there aren't any surprises of the supernatural kind. Oh so listen, anybody looking for 
a like promo. That. You could start throwing in paranormal activity inspection reports. So, yeah. and on the new home, you could say like no ghosts allowed, none, you yes. know, some, some certification, like no one's died here. Like this is great. <laughs> exactly. Good stuff. I have two stories. So our seven year old Carson, he has not lost any teeth until this week, which is super like some kids. Ooh. I don't know. They start losing teeth. I have three kids and he's our first one. So I don't know what the normal age is, but he's definitely like the last in his class. And he it's lost two this week, like three days apart. Because he just wouldn't sit there and work on something that he needed to do. Like, oh, it hurt. It was uncomfortable. So it just sat there and got like on its own slowly looser, looser, and looser until one day he's like, I can't eat any food. Like, how am I supposed to eat pizza? And he starts crying. Oh. I'm like, what is, like yeah. pull your tooth out. Here, like, that's the, the apple. <laughs> that's the issue. That's the apple. And so I'm like, oh, okay, there's some things that I, I, I'm like, oh, this could be like a fun little like Yoda moment as far as like pull your teeth out. But the same thing is like, just get the stupid project done that you don't want to do. I'm sure mm-hmm. that's something for everybody, uh, whether it's planning, yeah. planning something or like that task, like you, I have to do this, but it's going to take me two and a half hours of just staring at the document or, or whatever to get it done. And it's like, it's not going away. Like if you don't do it, it's still going to be there. Just pull it out. Yeah, that, that and I feel good. like a lot of times, whenever you're thinking of it, you create it to be worse than it actually oh, is yeah. once you get started. That's at least Spot me. On. Yeah, I could be procrastinating, but once I started, I'm like, man, this is so much easier than I thought. Wasn't too bad. Yeah, I agree. And then it affects other people around you. Like, here's like Lindsay and I. Like, we're like, let's just pull it out. Like, we'll work on it for you. Like, no big deal. Like, <laughs> he's like, no, blah blah blah. We're like, okay, you have to work on it, or Xbox is taken away for. It. For whatever time or something, he's like, "Okay." We're like, "Really?" You're like, you opted in for this this time away from from the Xbox. Yeah, it was it was strange. Mm-hmm. Second story, and this is a quick one. Becca and I had a call. When did we talk? It was like a couple of days ago that we were looking into Data yeah. Studio, and I'm just more and more oh, amazed at the things we could do within Data Studio that we cannot do in Analytics or AdWords. I think when people think of Data Studio, they're like, "Oh, it's just going to be replicating." data that I can get in AdWords or Facebook or Google. No, nope. Yeah, exactly, Becca. Not really. So with analytics in particular, and I'll, I'll have to get nerdy for a moment, but you have the table of data. So just think of like an Excel document with like data. And then you have mm-hmm. what is the primary dimension. So how are you dividing that data up first? And then you could, in analytics, you could add a second dimension. So how can I divide this up another way? So like uh, to, to bring this down to, to earth, it'd be like, hey, let's divide it up by gender and age. And then you're stuck. You can't do anything else. Well, in Data Studio, you can make multiple tables and then you could apply filters. So you could have age, gender, and then city or some other some other dimension to split the data up, which is super, super cool. So I used it this week when I was trying to troubleshoot a lot of UTM codes for a builder partner to work with. I was just trying to like, it was a very large set of data. In analytics, I'm like, what is going on? I cannot get this data that I need. Sure enough, I made something in Data Studio, and it's, I'm like, oh, this is amazing. Like, look, it's done. It took me like three minutes to figure out how to do. And then with Becca this week, we, we were trying to figure out a way to more efficiently do a lot of processes. And so we're, we came up with a solution of like, oh, let's split this thing up based on how we're yeah. going through, through uh, Facebook and Google Ads and make multiple reports so that we can more efficiently check on like multiple ads at a single time. And I'm like, this is super cool. We're going to like shave off like 90% of the time doing things just by using data studio. So 
Yeah. Mm. I feel like we forget about it sometimes. Like, oh, it's this cool thing that Kevin talked about at the summit and like other people are talking about. It's like, we'll get in there and get used to it and learn what its capabilities are. And then you could, in these moments where you're like, I have to have this thing fixed and I can't figure out how to get the data. 99% Mm -hmm. of the time, Data Studio will let you get to where you want to. Strikes again. Yeah. Yeah. End of stories. End of stories. Any other stories before we move on to the news? No. No. All right. Save those for next week. Yeah, save them for next week. Yeah, Yeah, we got to stockpile them. Does anyone want to start with this one or should I go ahead on this? uh... Go ahead. All right. So from Agora Pulse, they put out a lot of good content, by the way. Your content recipe for YouTube videos your audience will love. So when I first saw this, I thought it was like, oh, this is like a typical, like they're just trying to like tell people how to do content, but they really break it down like the different types of videos and examples they have as far as the intro, the body, then closing on how to make a great video. So now we're, mm-hmm. we were jokingly earlier talking before the podcast, like, yeah, I'm a karate expert now. Like now I know everything about hurricanes <laughs> just because the examples they give, they give on it. Yeah. Um, what stood out to y'all when you're going through this, this guide? I learned that in my normal life, I cannot tell a story properly. Oh, okay. I have too many tangents and rabbit holes. You go like sidetracked. You have squirrel moments. Yes. You're just total squirrel moment. Like my life is one squirrel moment to another. <laughs> and it's really hard okay. to like. So this was well, that, yeah. Dr. Okay. Phil, Dr. Phil for you. <laughs> I think too, going off of what Becca's saying with that is showing how if you, Becca, were going to be doing something like this with the YouTube video. Yeah. It's awesome that you could follow along. I love the breakdown they have of whether yes. it's educational videos or client testimonial videos and just giving amazing recommended tips on how to perfect your YouTube formula. And so someone like Becca, if you kind of have all those discombobulated thoughts, you kind of can circle back around and create a really nice organized, like distinct sections in your video for people to follow. Yes. Especially for client testimonials. Like Mm -hmm. you introduce the people who they are and what they do, you know, how they're relating to your company. And then you discuss exactly what the client used, you know, like obviously you discuss how they built the home with you, all the great things about it. Mm -hmm. And then you end with like how to learn more. So, mm-hmm. and I love yeah. too, it's, you know, making a point that these client testimonial videos, they don't need to be, you know, 15, 20 minutes to be successful. They yeah. you know, could be a minute long and be, have exactly the content needed to convey the same message. You're giving people exactly what they want. And something cool in this that I loved is saying that you need to grab someone's attention within the first five seconds of the video and have their attention fully, you know, cause that's a, those first couple seconds are so make or break and having it yeah. by 15 seconds. I agree. Yeah. That, that oh, was totally. the biggest one that said that to me. I was just on yeah. Instagram earlier in the day. Obviously I was, <laughs> that's what everyone does. Instagram, Facebook, whatnot. Yeah. And it was a builder and they had like the whole logo animation intro and it was like four seconds long. And I'm like, ugh. Oh my goodness. And it's like old school logo, like had that uh, fine art kind of vibe to it where it's like gradients. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this just feels yeah. so out of touch. Like all of it just felt a little off. But yeah, in the, in the Agora Pulse article talks about, yeah, exactly. The five, first five seconds, you need to get them. And then the remaining 10 seconds of the first 15 seconds, you're kind of finishing that thought to like set the expectation. 
of why they should yeah. really continue watching the video. It's really like copy. Like if you're writing copy, like the first sentence is to get their, their attention, but then to keep reading and then keep reading, keep reading, keep reading. You know, each line should precede the next one and, and keep that flow. So, yeah. Yeah, it's good. I like that. I think, which just which kind of goes back to their recommendation of having, I guess, con, you know, textual clues on screen, making that organization yes. obvious for viewers. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Do you like watching a YouTube video where they have that up on the video, either at the bottom or an overlay? I like it. Oh, I do best with like the the subtitle, not subtitle, but like the title screen that kind of very definitively separates section one from section two. Mm-hmm. Like you see the breakdown. So you yeah, I have of, to see yeah. it for it to register. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think that's nice. Yeah, do it. I agree. And of course, naturally, this I know seems like common sense to us, but always that call to action. I mean, yes. to us, I know we drive that home on all aspects of marketing, but even videos count for that as well. Yep, for sure. So having a yeah. link. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, it's just like when you're making a Facebook ad, you want to have a clear, concise message that's focused and some good visuals to go along with it, as well as your your call to action, which is, you know, I guess the same as mm-hmm. videos. For sure. doesn't matter what medium. If you do it well, you do it well. Yep. Love it. Agree. All right. On to the, the next one. So this one, we actually have two Facebook ones after that. So that's YouTube focus. The next two are going to be Facebook. So this one, Facebook invites people and business to play. And there's some new ad formats Ooh. coming out, which is pretty cool. Um, they are based on videos. I've not seen them yet in the wild as far as like letting us make them, which is disappointing. But I think home builders will like to, to use them. I think the engagement with, with shoppers will be really high. Essentially, you could have polls with videos. So you could go, which kitchen do you like more? You know, white cabinets or black Ooh, cabinets, mm-hmm. which countertops do you like more quartz or granite? You could have this interactive engagement. I'm not sure if there will be, like, let's say someone picks a, I don't know, they like farmhouse. Like, can we retarget mm-hmm. those people? And we know like it creates a segment of people we could then retarget to and then have Ooh, that's tailored content, good which would be pretty cool. Especially if you, yeah, there's a lot of different ways you could set this up. That would be super exciting. Just people that are already on your website, show them these ads, let them like have this like choose their own adventure as far as new ads being shown to them based on what they're what button they're clicking would be pretty cool that's cool i love this i personally am an active when i'm on social media and i see someone i'm that active participant kind of like off to the side you know if you're asking a question on your post i'm not normally one to like actually type out a response per se but i love that this gives that group of people like me mm-hmm still a way to be involved without feeling like you're putting something out there. So perfect example yeah. is, and we'll, maybe we'll definitely have to include this link so they can see the examples of the ad formats, but it's so easy. It's, you know, a video or a picture and like a, would you try this or that? And all it takes is just a click of a finger to answer this question. And it's so, I love that it's a way for home builders if they, you know, something quick to get quick feedback without feeling like going through all these comments. It's pretty cool. It's just so and nice. Then the, um, Especially when it's showing a cheeseburger. Would yeah, you eat would this? this? Or yeah, no? Get a coupon or something. <laughs> or, you know, we're not selling cheeseburgers, but I, I imagine there could be something like that. Did yeah. you see the, there's also the, I guess it would be like the filter. What's the technical word for that? Augmented reality. Yeah. 
where they're mm-hmm. selling like yeah. the makeup and there's the lipstick color and she could pick uh, the color. Yeah. I'm like, well, that is pretty yeah. cool. And then the example they gave, <laughs> oh, like, cool. it looks, it looks really good. Like that looks, it's not like it's like a terrible filter. Like that looks like the lipstick color is like right on her lips. Like this woman is moving her face and like changing the lip colors. And to your point, it's not like her cheek is turning that lip color. It's like, it stays perfect. And it reminds me, I don't know if you guys think of this too, but in a way that if they had like a kitchen shot and having the cabinets change different, it's just a really cool way to find, you know, to be able to make something so much more interactive for people, mm-hmm. prospects, yeah. you know, out there wanting to try a couple new things, whether it's colors or. It's a really great way to show, like, because a lot of people have a hard time visualizing what a house is going to look like when it's done or what it could look like. And that's a great way to just show them, hey, you know, this is what gray cabinets would look like or. If you have your heart set on white ones or espresso, you can really tell the difference. Mm -hmm. I agree. Very cool. Super cool. All right. And the next one, there's not much there, but um, Facebook has made a new app called Threads. It appears like it is similar to Snapchat and like Facebook Messenger mixed together. It's a image-based messaging app, which if you think about that, that's like what Snapchat is. And there's like the filters on it and there's, it looks, even the interface to me feels like Snapchat, which I deleted like six months ago yeah. because I'm like, there's, I don't have any friends look, on here. Yeah. Like, this isn't cool anymore. <laughs> like, I'm going to get off here. Totally my kids. But it's, yeah, yeah it's interesting <laughs> that they, this was, when did they come out with it? What's the date on this one? October 3rd. So that's, you know, last Thursday. I'm like, man, another one. Like they are, they got WhatsApp, they have Messenger, and now they have this one, Reds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which I definitely agree. I can see correlations between Snapchat and this. I think more so Facebook's trying to keep everything streamlined, you know, seeing what works and incorporating that within their own platform. I'll be curious to see how well this does. Yeah. I I can't imagine people doing Snapchat, the Instagram version and the Facebook version. I mean, maybe I'm just out of the loop with a lot of choices. all the different apps. And then there's TikTok. And, and I don't know, have you guys noticed like a crazy amount of TikTok advertising recently? Yes. Okay. yes. It's been interesting, all over everywhere. And I, yes. I know Kevin talks about it he, and he watches TikTok videos and it's different personalities, different humor, but I'm like, eh, like, eh, like it's not, it's not my, yeah. not my I just haven't, I don't know. It's not my humor, I guess. Just weird because usually we're like about the same. I've not like. Yeah. Well, now, do you <laughs> see any tie between that and the vines? I, do you remember? Yeah, what, I remember like vine. A, I feel like it's I, quite similar, and I wasn't into that either. Like, what happened to vine? I don't know. I, I feel like if anyone needs a good laugh in the day, I know this. This is going to be so random, but just YouTube. <laughs> the best like vine compilations. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like this is the new version of that. For sure. Being able to yep. record little snippets and TikTok. I see a lot of that on like YouTube advertising and But maybe I just need to like download the app and and just embrace it. Like play okay, around. um it's growing yeah. on me or something. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Who knows? We'll see. Maybe maybe it's one of those things you gotta, you know, participate in. Yeah. I'll start making my own TikTok videos. It's like Sorry. pulling off that Band-Aid you were talking about yeah, earlier. Something rip, those, rip those teeth out. Just, yeah, just, just rip it. Yeah, right? Just getting there. <laughs> All right. Well, that will do it for the news. Up next, Kevin and I talked to Quint Lears about creating content, new versus used homes, and other things such as ghost detectors. 
All right. It's been a long time coming, but we've got probably the highest energy person I've ever spent. I think you're right. Even a small amount of time with. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. Quint Lears, owner, founder, visionary of newhomesales.com and amazing salesperson and sales leader. Thanks for joining us, Quint. Kevin, it's an honor and a privilege to be here. And I'm always glad to visit with you and spend time with you. You're one of my favorite people in the home building industry. Even though I stole one of the domains that was most coveted by you, is that still? No, you mean this, uh, Well, Dave Stone <laughs> wrote the book, New Home Sales, but he also wrote the book, New Home Marketing. And uh, you beat me on newhomemarketing.com just because I wanted it. It was like a brother and a sister combo thing. You know what I mean? And I was uh-huh. like, true. Not adding yeah. gender to each one, but it was just like, man, they need to be together, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We talk a lot about sales and marketing. You know, if they don't work together, it's the kiss of death in today's world. But yeah, that was just for background for everybody. I normally don't buy domains for no purpose, uh, but I was obviously either hyped up on caffeine at like 1230 in the morning. Likely. Yep. Or <laughs> on Adderall. Just being honest. Uh, also, like And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go buy newhomemarketing.com if it's available. And it was. And literally within maybe 48 hours, Quint calls me up and he's like, kind of in jest, mostly in jest. It's like, you jerk. I've, I was just going to buy that. Literally, like I was just going to get that domain. Now, do we know each other? I thought it was like, I was like, hey, you know, or did we already know each other at that point? No, I think you had reached out to Mike about, hey, would you like to be interviewed or or be on camera at some type of next event? But other than that, I mean, this was so long ago that I think you might have had like six videos out at the time. I was going to say, when was this? Like five, six more uh, years ago? I'm trying to think. It was probably four, four okay. at, about four, four and a half years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a long time ago. So <laughs> tell everyone what newhomesales.com is about, kind of how you got started. I've got, I'll give you some of the quick stats, everyone. 209,000 plus views at this point. Over 160 unique videos have been uploaded, Andrew counted. Each one, one by one, which I was surprised because you will get into, I'm just super curious on the production, who does it, all the work, but I'm like, that's a lot of work. 160. It is a lot unique. of work. Yeah. So, so what caused all this madness to start? For you, Quint. So I got this URL and I was talking to a friend, Jonathan Andrews. I'm like, dude, what do I do with it? You know, because I wanted it, but now that I owned it, he goes, why don't you start interviewing people? And I thought, well, what do you know? How do I do that? So I literally went to the Nationals with a $25 tripod, $5 plastic clip with this microphone that plugged into <laughs> it. And I was just like, okay, let's roll. You know, I'm like, but I had a business card that said newhomesales.com. And I said, hey, look, dude, would you like to be on newhomesales.com? And everybody's kind of like, yeah, yeah, I, I want to be on newhomesales.com. <laughs> and I just started interviewing people. And man, I made so many mistakes. And, you know, one time I was, the people were too far away and I would pull it and the whole camera would move and I had to start all over. Then a couple of times it pulled out of the microphone. I mean, I had no idea what I was doing. But one after another, I got a bunch of pretty decent interviews. And then once you get a couple of people, then a couple of other people want to be on the program, then it becomes kind of a thing, you know? I think the fun part with that is like you just started. You didn't wait like, I need to make this giant plan. I need to make sure I get the perfect equipment. All these things, you're just like, I'm going to the Builder Show, the Nationals, and I'm getting interviews. Let's go. I think us marketers, especially on the nerdier side, we're like, oh, it has to be perfect. Like, I'm not going to do it unless it's going to be perfect from the beginning. Whereas you have the opposite. And sure enough, I think that it's probably the better approach sometimes just get in there and start working. I don't know who said it, but they said, if you're not embarrassed by your first rendition, you waited too long. 
In other words, you should be almost embarrassed of like the first interviews you do or the first book you write. And then there's this podcast, Back to the Book. I was listening to this podcast about how to write a book. And this guy, he was just doing a rant. He's like, nobody's going to read your freaking book. He's like, just write it, man. And I just, dude, I just started laughing. I'm like, nobody wants to read my freaking book. So I just wrote the book and then it ended up getting published by the National Association of Home Builders. And I'm like, oh crap, people are reading my book, you know? Yeah. But exactly the, great, right. the great thing is, is you can always write another book and you can do another and you can talk about what you've learned. Like I could talk right now about the mistakes I've made doing interviews and how I would do it differently. And now I've got valuable content rather than, hey, look, this is how it came off. Perfect. You know? No, exactly. I, Seth Godin put in a blog post a couple of days ago, you know, the difference between people getting writer's block and talker's block. He's like, no one gets talker's block but we talk about writer's block all the time. And it's just because when you write something, you know, it's going to be around a while. And so you become sensitive to this may come back to haunt me. He's like, but you get better at writing the same way you get better at talking. You just do it more and more and more and you organize your thoughts, you get better at it. So you don't have any choice. If you want to be a good writer, you've got to write in public the same way you talk in public. It also helps if you start from the standpoint of nobody cares about me. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and in a positive way, like, look, nobody cares about Quint. Look, let's just interview this person and, and share it. Hopefully I bring some good information, you know? And it's a, it, so you're asking why I do it. Is that right? Yeah. Or what's that's what, no, that's where I was coming right back to because that's what I really think is why you and I are friends is the why you're doing it. Yeah. And I hope I come up with the right answer because I don't know what you're thinking right now. But <laughs> but I'll tell you this. So my, my when I first, you know, like I'm, I'm a nobody in the home building industry, right? So like my first motive was to like, hey, how do I become connected? And how do I become influential? And how do I become, you know, important? And then I switched it to how can I connect other people? So instead of me trying to be connected, how can I do the connecting? So I like to say like, you know, the, the, the sequence is like, it's not what you know, it's who you know, but that's not what it is. It's not what you know, it's who knows you, or it's not who you mm-hmm. know, who knows you. And that's not even it, it's who knows what you know. So in other words, it's like, hey, I know Quint, but do you know that Quint's a new home sales expert? Or I know Kevin, but do you know that Kevin's a marketing expert? And then the next step is who knows somebody else because of you? And then the last, the highest level is who knows something about somebody else because of you? And, and that's what I try to do. So in other words, if I'm at the builder show, instead of me saying like, Oh, who could here, here's my business card. Look at me. I'll try to be like, Hey, do you know, Kevin, Kevin is a, a, you know, a market leader. He's an influencer. He's a 40 under 40. And I'm going to try to let's connect you with somebody else and let that person know something about you. So I want to be the reason why people are connected. And I think that real influence comes from that. And so like, I'll have a daily thing, like who can I connect today? So I'm always trying to like, Oh, hey, do you know so-and-so? I think you'd be a neat contact in this. And then it becomes like really cool and exciting and it's fun. And it's in the industry. I, I, I love the industry. I think it should be celebrated. I think it's a noble profession. And I think there's a lot of contributors and people that have a voice. And if I can be a part of helping people to connect and helping to highlight what they're about, I want to do that. Yeah, no, I think when you boil all that down, it comes to the same reasons that we do this podcast and a lot of what we do day to day. It is about you know, we, we say at the beginning of every show, it's about elevating the conversation. If we're all talking about simply closing strategies or, you know, individual aspects of it, and we don't take a bigger look and kind of cross pollinate, this is, I think, a lot of what your videos do around different, different personality types and skill sets and parts of the business. We, we don't elevate the overall conversation because we're all having small little individual conversations. Uh, connecting people is, certain, but, you know, to me, at the end of it, even though you're on, 
a lot of the videos as as one of the face or the face, you can just tell by interacting with you that it's not just about you. And that's, I think, the most attractive thing about what you're doing is you're doing it in you know, an overall very authentic way and have been patient. So this, this is another question about newhomesales.com. Uh, I feel like I have to say it that way because that's how you say I it. I think so, yeah. Some of your content on YouTube has, let's just like your, your number one uh, video of all time is the documentary, 33,000 views in, in just over two months, by far the most popular. And then there's some pieces of content I'm not going to say last name. I mean, those are, you can go find it for yourself. You're like, yeah, but Eric has 116. And I know Eric, and Eric deserves more than 116 views. So what is it that has changed? Because it's not even just how long some of the videos are out. Talk to me about either what you know or what you feel like is the thing that makes some videos get viewed more often than others. Well, let me first say that you know we're trying a lot of different things. So you know I'm trying Facebook. I'm trying some promotions there. We've done some YouTube promotions. So just being, you know, transparent. Yeah, sure. Um, but but we are getting a lot of organic stuff as well. So one of the things, and this is, if you're interviewing people, this is a good technique. I mean, so any content marketers out there, any podcasters, see how many people you can tag. So if you look at the, if and you know I did this to you, right? So oh, yeah, all people, the time. Like, like, like a lot of people want to be discovered, but it's very, very hard. There's so much content out there. But if I'm like, hey, by the way, we just dropped this documentary. Oh, and you're in it. That's all I say. I don't say, hey, go to 20 minutes and 33 seconds and you're in it, right? Mm-hmm. When with you, I was like, hey, Kevin, you're in this documentary, but I didn't tell you where you were in it. So what did you have to do? Yeah, well, I, I want to see where I'm in it, but also it also encourages people to want to share. So you're just saying upping the social, the shareability by using, again, influences of what a good salesperson would do. It also makes you a good marketer. Yeah, so I look at like a brick. Like there's two bricks. Like if you look at a brick in the wall, okay, you've got two to the side, two above and two below. So if I'm like, hey, who are some of your friends? Any shout outs? Who do you connect with? You know, Who are some of your influencers? Who are the people that, have, what are some resources? Now I've got three, four, five, ten. So the documentary is just, I mean, there's a little bit of promotion. There's a little bit of, dude, just quit grinding. There's a little bit of just the fact that it's good content and people watch it. I've had people start and then they're like, yeah, I was like, holy cow, this is an hour. But then they watch the whole thing and they're like, oh, it was fun. So yeah, yeah. Well, and just like customer testimonials for home builders, going back to the marketers listening, you know, yes, you're getting the positive social proof and the story of that, that can build trust in that. But you're also to Quint's point, you're getting that to all those connections that that family has of, Hey, take a look at our video or look, look what we're doing. Yeah. Content. Well, we talked a lot about it this year. Summit was that content has more purposes than the single one of why you started out creating it in the first place. Oftentimes you can repurpose it and find additional uses for it. Anything else you want to tell everyone about newhomesales.com before we move on? Yeah. Find your niche. I mean, like me, I really wanted to dominate YouTube or did not dominate it, but like do well on that platform. And it was a hard platform. Uh, video is hard. And, and mm-hmm. so, you know, doing, I can't do everything. Like I can't really figure Twitter out. And I just gave up on it kind of, you know, but you know, let me, let me also share this with you. If you want to be terrific, you have to be specific. And for the most part, now you're, you're going to disagree. I'm going to be controversial here. I think I content, content marketing is dead. And let me, let me explain what I mean. And I'm saying that as a content marketer, I think we've gone from, let me, let me give you the breakdown. It went from, hey, I'm going to charge you to listen to my stuff. Like I've got 10 tips for how to improve your website. And for $199, you can email me mm-hmm. and I'll send you this list. We went from that to, 
hey, I'm an expert. And if you don't believe me, check this out, free content. And I'm just giving free content to position myself as an expert. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing is now we're having to pay people to watch our stuff for free. And, and, and if you don't believe that, we're having to hustle and move. It's not just like, boom, I put it out there and it just goes. So that yep. being said, I think you still need to do it. But why? Well, pick a specific niche and then you want to make sure you own that niche. And, and size is always relative. So let, let, me, let me give you some encouragement. You know, I, I start off with five subscribers and 10 subscribers and 20 subscribers. And then, but I kept telling people like, look, I've got a small audience, but they're a rich audience. Yep. It's hard when I watch people watch playing Nerf. My little boys watch Nerf videos. They got like 1.2 million subscribers, but they're playing Nerf. You know, not many of those people are going to buy a home or pay for a business. So I've got a relatively small audience, but they're a rich audience. So what I'm going to try to say is like, okay, number one, don't do content marketing. Number two, if you decide to do it, get really specific and say, what do I want to, what could I really own? And it could be your neighborhood. Like, hey, my neighborhood is Metro Verde. I'm going to be when anybody says Metro Verde, that's me. I completely dominate this space, this five-mile track, you know? So I just believe be really specific. Start really small. Start with, hey, I'm the expert at my community. And for, so for most of us, it's, look, let's sell homes. Let's get busy and sell homes. Let's make sure that social networking doesn't turn into social not working. Let's get right. busy with, with our career, right? Then if I want to break out and say, look, I want to brand myself as the specialist, start with your community, Right. And then exactly. don't be a rock star. There are no rock stars unless you're like metallic. I mean, like you're literally a rock star. Just be a, you know, a person that brings value to other people's lives. You know what I mean? But try to be a connector and position yourself, you know, as somebody interested, as an expert, not as a rock star. Let's move on to your book. That'd be a fun topic. How did you write this book? You mentioned like, hey, just need to get started. No one's going to read it. You get, you get the inspiration as far as like, hey, let's just get started on it, which I think that's the second time you just started the interviews a while back, like, hey, I'm just going to do it. The book, it sounds like that was the same process of just getting going. And then NHAB published it for you. I guess give us a background on that. So, okay, same thing. Let me rewind a little bit. Same thing with the documentary. You want to do something that nobody's ever done. Now, is the documentary I did special? Kind of, because no other documentary has ever been done in the home building industry to my knowledge. So because it's a first of its kind, even if somebody thinks a better one, it's like, oh yeah, you did one like Quint. So you want to be kind of like first at what you do. So mm -hmm. I'm looking at, like I could have written a lot of different books and I've, I feel like everybody's got a book or a couple books in them and I've got a couple more that I'm writing right now. Ooh, nice. But, but what has not been written? And you've got this kind of like elephant in the room. You know, you've got the National Association of Realtors and you have the Home Building Association. And so what's the dynamic and who working with brokers? Do you work with them? Do you not work with them? Do you try to cut them out? Do you try to include them? Do you, you know, do realtor bonuses? Do you, you know, what, what's the best way? So what I did was write a real world book about what I've done. What I try to do is to tell people how to sell against used houses. And then the, on the flip side, how do I get the real estate agents on my side. And of course, you have to be able to sell. I'm not talking about being dependent on them. And I frankly think that real estate bonuses, realtor bonuses are a bad idea. I think they are a sign of weakness. I would agree with that. Yep. It's, a, it's a sign of weakness. It's a sign of, hey, our homes are hard to sell. Like, like most people, if I pay you for a pool and it's a 10 by 10 pool and it costs $10,000, but if it's a 100 by 100 pool, I'm going to pay you $100,000 or whatever it is. Why? Because it's a harder job. It's a bigger job. So mm -hmm. most of us understand that. So if I say, hey, look, we're going to give you 3% plus five grand or whatever. It's like, we're basically communicating to 
the world. Yeah, absolutely. We, our homes are hard to sell. We understand that, but don't worry, we're going to compensate you for this really difficult job. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Or it's undervalued and your customer might finally one day figure that out. But in the meantime, here's some extra money. And we, we feel frankly the same way about all incentives, discounts, even if it's to the customer, it's communicating the same basic thing, which is that, Hey, our operations team messed up. We thought it was worth this. It's not. Oh, I'm sorry. The estimators, they really, it's an apology, a price apology. I think Jeff Shore said that. And uh, yep. it's, people ask, they say, what's your incentives? First thing, you have to say a beautiful home, an awesome community, better, it's brand new. Hey, here's something that nobody's doing right now. And I want everybody, if I want to change one thing in the home building industry, I want to change this. We need to sell to the year. So we hate car salespeople, but you know the one thing that car salespeople do really good? <laughs> right about now, you're going to see like the new 2020 Toyota 4Runner, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't do that in new home sales. We say, oh, here's the living room, here's the bedroom, here's the Lancaster plan, right? So why don't we say, hey, look, check this out. This is the new 2020 Lancaster plan. This is the new, you know, this is the new 2020. Oh, by the way, we're closing out our 2019s. If you are going to do an incentive, and sometimes we need to, you have to have a reason for it. Otherwise, it's a price apology. So well, and I think that that concept is what we talk a lot about in related to pre-sale or also just generally, you know, if, if you've got missing tooth lots, those those home sites in phase one that are left over when you're going into phase two, that is yeah. your year inventory to your point. And the floor plan is a proven thing. It's something that is not lost in value, but apparently the market has spoken and those are the two least desirable home sites in phase one. And so I think part of that's built in. But t- the other thing you reminded me of is every year at Heartland, we would take all the feedback from the sales team, look at where our holes were in the product lineup, and introduce two to three new floor plans to kick off a new year. And holy cow, was the entire sales team jacked up to go sell those three plans. Partly because our estimators were not very good and they were always uh, sold too low, it seemed like. We'd, we'd build them and be like, oh, that's how much it really cost to build. Darn, we didn't make as much money. But also just because it was an excuse to go hit the phones, reach back out to people and say, hey, that thing we talked about that didn't exist, now it does. Or to your point, this is the new 2020 floor plan designed to meet the needs of today's home buyer. So oh, I love that. So one thing that you would tell a new home marketer, how, how can a new home marketer, do you think, connect with brokers and agents in a way that most aren't doing today? that they should be doing? Well, stop with any bonuses. It it sends a bad message. You're basically saying my product is hard to sell. But let me also share with you, we need to start from a position of strength and power. So many, many times, back to the persuasion book, we're starting from weakness. So let me ask you a question. I like to change it. Do homes go up or down in value? Uh, Always up. Really? What, What goes up? Costs associated with creating a new home. Yes. So the reproduction cost, but your home itself, Kevin, I would argue is going down in value. Now, this is kind of like throws people off. But if I tell that to a customer, like, hey, listen, you know, the reality is homes, they're actually going down in value. Let me, let me, if you break a home down by the sum of all of its parts, then it makes more Mm -hmm. sense. Like, like what would you pay for a five-year-old dishwasher? Nothing. Okay. What would you pay for a (laughs) five-year-old stove? See, Kevin, check. See, yep. what, what is a home? A home is just a bunch of parts put together, right? So a five-year-old home, which is, you know, they, they're selling it as like almost new, is it's almost used. Here, here's what it is. It's got a five-year-old stove, five-year-old dishwasher, five-year-old air conditioner that's not as energy efficient. You've got five-year-old carpet. Kevin, what would you pay for five-year-old carpet? 
Torch it all. So yeah. check it out. By the yard, it's hard, but by the inch, it's a cinch. So if I'm selling against a home, I think a home is is way too big and too hard to sell. But if I break it down part by part, in other words, if I sell my brand new 2019 Whirlpool Ultra Quiet Energy Star dishwasher versus the five-year-old, I don't care what it is, I'm going to win. If I sell my new Lennox brand 16-seer Ultra Quiet pressure-balanced system with the HEPA filter, that will beat the five-year-old, I don't care what it is, right? So... If anybody says, hey, I'm looking at homes, let's say, what, what year? Just curious. So, and, and I <laughs> love funny. that. What I year? like that one a lot. And they'll say, well, what do you mean? What it's, well, don't you know homes go down in value? Well, what do you mean? I can sell it from just because somebody buys it for more or the reproduction costs or if somebody is not educated on the new homes doesn't mean they're not going down in value. Matter of fact, if you have a rental property, that's why you can depreciate it and get a tax deduction because the IRS and the government knows that, that your home is going down in value. Well, why am I able to sell it for more? Well, the reason why you're able to sell more is because the land is going down in value. So why not buy the components as new as possible? And in community where the home sites have actually better infrastructure, we have you know, faster internet, we've got newer, better pipes, we've got, you know, trees that don't have roots that are going into the plumbing system. So I think as an industry, we're doing a very poor job of competing against used houses. And it's because we're always saying that homes go up in value, when in fact, the home goes down in value. The only thing that's really appreciating is the land and our land is better because the infrastructure is better. The sidewalks are better. We've got better streets and better internet and fire, you know, I've got fiber optics running right to the, right to the house. And then last, last point, well, somebody says, well, Quint, we're planning on fixing up the house. You know what the problem is, uh, Kevin? You can't fix up your neighbor's home. So yeah, you can fix up yours, but you can't fix up the neighbor's. And then your neighbor's principle of progression is going to be pulling the value of, of your home down. Where do I sign? Where do I sign? The, so so if, I can, I sign? if I can accomplish that, if I can defeat used houses, I've, I've eliminated 90% of the other, of, of my competition, Right. Now, wait, wait, wait. I, I have to hear what you would say to this, Quint, because this yeah, is the that. thing that it drives me crazy. I feel like there is some blog out there for people like my wife who tells them all that new homes don't have character. And I know what I say to those people. <laughs> I'm just curious <laughs> what you would say to someone who's like, I just, I miss the character of old houses. There's so much charm. So like I say, look, I, I got to be honest with you. <laughs> it doesn't have somebody else's character. It's going to have your character. It's going to have your influence. See, look, this is a home that nobody's ever lived in or died in or showered or cooked. There's no hair, toenails, termites, no mold. Here's the what happens when you, here's what, here's what happens when you buy a used house. People are really excited, right? And when they buy a new home, they're really nervous, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm showing you a dirt lot with tumbleweeds and trash and high, you know, construction and noise. But here's what happens, Kevin. When, we pour the concrete. When we frame the house, when you start seeing the carpet and the tile and, and, and all of the colors coming, you start meeting your new neighbors. You go from being nervous to being excited. And that used house, when you're excited now, and they remove the furniture and you see two different colors on the carpet or you start to see the holes in the wall, it just has that cold feeling or the air conditioner starts to make that noise. Guess what? You go from being excited to being nervous. So let me ask you a question, Kevin. Would you rather be nervous now and excited later or do you want to be excited now and then after you move in nervous? Yeah, very similar to what I say. It's like it's it's like a trip to Vegas. No one ever talks about the times they lose, you know. And used homes when people buy them, so often it's like, well, I I want to buy a used home. They say because I know what I'm getting, and I, inside I'm just like, oh no, you don't. <laughs> you have no. Have a home inspection. What do you mean? I don't know what I'm getting. By the way, let me let me also share this with you. I'm not against used houses. So 
I never take the position. I know what it's like to struggle financially. Like I, I almost got out of this industry. I tried to become a, out to become a firefighter. You know, I went from selling you know, 10 homes a month to zero to minus two sales, like because I was basically people were canceling left and right. So I'm never like, yeah, you should buy new. We're so much better. But the facts are, I will tell them, look, buy a house with character, buy that used house, but don't buy it for the same price as a new home because that's crazy. So I'm not against used. I'm just against used if it's the same price. So I grew up, I, I, I shopped at Goodwill. I buy used cars. I'm not a big, you know, hoity-toity, look at me kind of guy. But if I buy a, a used car, I'm not going to, but the reason, the reason why I'm paying, uh, buying a used car, because I'm saving a bunch of money. And most of the time, if you look at a new home, if you compare it component, component, it does not make financial sense to buy used. Mm-hmm. And again, you don't know what you're getting. Like, yeah, the home physically exists right now. You can touch it. But what's behind the walls? What I mean, a home inspector, they're just going around and basically doing visual inspection for the most part. Yeah. And I so people, people are always surprised. And just like a trip to Vegas, no one talks, no one wants to talk about, yeah, that cute home with old home with character that we wanted because of the security of knowing what we're getting was built, quote unquote, the, the right way or, or the way they don't build it anymore. And then suddenly they're like, oh, we got to replace all the wiring or the AC went out twice last week. No one wants to talk about those stories. Sure. Yeah. So that, that's the, the premise of the book is how to compete against used and then how to get the brokers on your side. And uh, if you don't want the brokers on your side, it's really easy. What you do is you compete against the remaining 10% of the sales because nationally speaking, about 10%, uh, about 90% of all sales are being done right now nationally through a broker. And by the way, I'm not in love with brokers. Like I will write the book, stop using brokers once they stop getting buyers. <laughs> Let not your heart be troubled. I'm very pragmatic. Like I'm trying to be real world what's happening right now. And even with all the technology, even with all the, the stuff that we, you know, the brokers are still getting the buyers because we forget that just because I have, you know, internet and website stuff, they have it too. And usually they're beating us. They do a better job on the whole socially better than most builders. Yep. As a whole. No, I think you do a really interesting job, or I should say a really good job of provoking people with what you're saying. And again, for the marketers listening, it's an interesting concept to think about of a lot of what you're saying, Quint, is things that you're like, I, I know this is going to get a reaction. And good or bad, that reaction is, is kind of slowing down and giving you the ability to clarify, uh, hopefully, most of the time, clarify what you mean by that. And that's a that's a method that a lot of times as marketers, we try to just use funny to cut through the clutter. There is an interesting idea of how do you do that with a marketing message or content marketing? Because I don't think I think builders are generally terrified of saying anything. I mean, Rhonda Conger and CBH is the closest thing I can think of when they created their campaign, Shiny New Awesome. That was all about the people living in the carpet with the toenails and the poops and all the other stuff. I mean, that was provocative in a very intentional way. Well, I mean, look, check this out. I, I have ghost detectors and you, I have urine detectors. <laughs> so um, like one guy's like, Hey, Quinn, uh, we're, we're going to, we're going to go buy this uh, used house. And I'm like, okay, we're going to make an offer. I'm like, okay, cool. Listen, look, check it out. And I pull my desk and I give him a urine detector. I'm like, listen, go turn the lights off and walk around with this thing. <laughs> and the wife is holding it. And then she turns to her husband and she goes, Honey, I'm tired of looking at used houses. If you listen to me, I, I say used houses, new homes. So I'm trying to contrast. But look, have some fun with it. I have a bed bug detector. You know, they're not called hotel bugs. They're called bed bugs. Do you know how you get rid of bed bugs? 
No, 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 no. You sell, you sell, you have to buy a brand new one. But um, <laughs> look, I, I use diedinhouse.com. I had a, an account. So if somebody says, hey, Quint, listen, I'm looking at a house. Oh, what's the address? What are you doing? I'm just doing a quick scan for you. Oh, good news. Nobody's died in it. But I've created doubt. Now, let's say, they, <laughs> let's say they come back to me and they say, hey, Quint, guess what? We used your urine detector and there was no urine. And we used your ghost detector and it came out negative. And now, you know, tell me why I shouldn't. I'm like, oh, maybe go buy it. I don't know. But they spent their time looking for urine. And then in my house, I'm telling them about the granite and the new Energy Star dishwasher and the new hood and the, you know, the air conditioning. So it's about content. All right. But back, we, uh, we just found the soundbite to promote this episode. I'm pretty certain you know, <laughs> that last 30 seconds is, is promotional gold. Well, thanks, Quint, so much for joining us. I told you guys, highest energy person we'll, we'll probably ever have on. You also juggle. You play the piano uh, expertly, uh, I might add, especially to the piano. Oh, and anyway, I, I have one question we have to end on, Quint. Cause yeah. I, I want straight, no, no BS answer from you. And when it comes to the marketers listening, what's the one thing as a new home salesperson that drives you nuts that marketers do besides the discount promotions, incentive stuff to the broker. What's something that new home marketers do that they need to stop or something that you just wish they would do flat out. I don't confuse traffic with buyers. So I can offer free pizza and a live mariachi band and I'll get a thousand people. Right. <laughs> yep. And so like the marketers like, look at me, we did awesome. Didn't we? Gosh, I'm surprised you didn't sell anything. And it's like, well, you know, I would, I matter of fact, in my book, I talk about how to do events, how to do, and I try to spread it out. So I have a thing where it's $5 for five minutes. Um, when you're doing an event, instead of like having a thousand people there and having a huge party, that, that, that's what I want to say. Don't have a party. Make sure when they leave an event, they know, who you are, what you sell, the product, the differentiate, you know, the, the differentiating factor, your unique selling proposition, how they contact, who to contact, the hours of operation. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, we just have a big party and expect people. And no, mo nobody's going to raise their hand at your showcase, you know, at your grand opening, and say, "But I don't know how to sell your homes, right?" You, so make it easy for them. Like if you've got them there, stop and say, "Hey guys, real quick, you can I have five minutes of your time. This is." Kevin, he's our sales representative. This is his cell phone number. He is your, think of him as your licensed new home sales assistant. He's here to make you a lot of money. If this is, if I'm doing it to real estate brokers. Right. Exactly. I love it. I so love that, it. that, that would be my tip. So be, don't just have events. Don't have parties. Use it as a time to really educate because that's the purpose of it. That's awesome. And a lot of marketers do those parties and, and what you're saying, you're, you're clarifying that you personally don't want. A lot of times they do it because they feel like that is what sales professionals want. So I think that's uh, something to clarify and ask, you know, what is our objective with this event? I was talking to someone at a, on a coaching call just today and they had an event that, you know, 15 people RSVP'd to and no one ended up showing up. And I was like, well, tell me more about this event. And the marketer kind of chuckled and said, well, we had pumpkin spice lattes. And I was like, I, I love the openness on this call to for you know everyone's here sales leadership marketing and we're all kind of calling a spade a spade of in today's world are we surprised that no one ended up showing up for this pumpkin spice latte when we all have you know such a limited amount of time to your point but someone at some point that crossed through the BS meter of we need to have an event to get people out uh, wait time out what's the real purpose are we just getting people out or are we trying to get the right people out or communicate the right message so thanks for talking about that because it's it's always great to hear it straight from the horse's mouth in this case of of a new home sales professional so awesome 
All right, my friend. Thanks again for coming on. And we won't make it quite so long before the next time. Kevin, you're the best. And Andrew, you guys, congratulations on your success and what you're doing. And uh, I'm proud to know you guys. Keep making an impact. All right. Thanks, Quint. My pleasure. That is awesome. Well, that will do it. For published articles, blog posts, videos, and more, check out deconvert.com. It's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and the like. See ya.